Welcome all for the 50th instalment of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 20th of February to, uh, 2017, it's our 50th instalment. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the band back together, unlike Ooh. the Spice Girls. So Ginger Spice, the Beard Man, Posh Spice Parker, <laughs> and Sporty slash Scary Spice Woodsy wasn't able to join us, but you do have two of the originals. <laughs> Welcoming back the first of them, it is the Iceman. I'm like some baby spice, am I? I'd actually probably call you Scary Spice Woodsy can be uh, baby spice. <laughs> yeah, that's more likely. And um, we did want to do more of a sort of a busted McFly type sort of combination. So we've actually gone for a established member of the pod who's joined us previously. We're very glad to have him back once again. Welcome back, J&O. Thanks for having me. But I have to say, whenever I come on, the intros confuse me. What's all this about Spice Girls? <laughs> yeah, true. We're trying, we're trying to get the band back together, and it just didn't happen for the 50th just, episode. You, the you, Man. you didn't say anything about McFly and Busted to me when you asked me on. <laughs> Do you not like well, McFly and Busted? My wife does, so she'll be happy, but yeah. no, not really. <laughs> C- consider yourself the Danny joining me and the Iceman who are, who are busted. But uh, either oh, way, we've got, we've got some kind of, <laughs> we, we have some kind of group together to talk fantasy football, which is ultimately all we're looking for here. So um, congratulations to the Iceman for making it to 50. I don't know how you do it, but uh, you've done a great job, sir. Thanks for, thanks for joining me, Billy. Yeah. That's all right. And I, I'm about 48 and a half episodes, so I'm nearly up to 50. You're nearly, yeah, yeah. Nearly there. Okay, chaps. Um, first of all, J&O, you've joined us again. Now, I know a few things have developed with your YouTube channel in the last few weeks. So do you want to tell the listeners about the changes they can expect? Yeah, well, um, basically, you guys asked me on because of J&O United, which at the time when you asked me on was about football, all football games, football manager, FPL, FIFA, uh, JNO United, the same channel, you can still find it in the same place on YouTube, is now just FPL related. It was what was getting me the most traction. Most of my subscribers were there for the FPL. So we've now gone and just made it pure FPL. And I've gone and taken the football manager onto something completely separate, a separate YouTube channel. So now hopefully two free videos about FPL every week on JNO United which so far has been going really well and we've been growing again. So everything is rosy on JNO United. Yeah, I do watch them uh, most weeks now. They, you've got some really good content on there. Chap, speaking of giving, let's talk about our teams for the uh, from the previous week and how we got on, first of all. So the uh, the FPL average was 47. Iceman, did you get close to that? I did. I beat that. I got um, 66 with a minus 4. Uh, it was the it was the captaincy which was the toughest one for that week. It feels like ages ago now because obviously yep. it's been a week or so. But I did go for Sanchez in the end on that early kickoff. Great shout! I, yeah, people do qualm over whether to go for that early kickoff, and me and you kind of agreed together, didn't we? We just said, "Yeah, it's got to be Sanchez against Hull." Although Arsenal did get quite lucky with those goals, which we did score one off the hand, hand of God Sanchez. He's going to be called now. Yeah, so I went Sanchez captaincy had the choice between whether to play Rodriguez Rodriguez didn't start so that was a bit of a gutter so Carroll came in for me Baines clean sheet that McCauley goal I benefited from uh, which was clearly a goal it came off the top of his head yeah pretty good though I'm, I'm pretty chuffed I'm up to 45k overall nice score what about you J&O well I managed to get 68 uh, so above the average as well. I score. also went with Sanchez as captain. So I got that helping hand as well. So all was good. I, I am the same. I don't like going for the early kickoff, but I just thought Sanchez hasn't got that big score in a while. So it's due. And yes. other than that, we had Joe Allen, who has just been in my side doing not much at all. Came up with nine points, which was great. Was he off your bench? Um, no, I played him in... Oh, nice. Yes, he was. No, I had Stanislas on. Oh, right, yeah. and he didn't play. So I think uh, Alan came on for him. And then, of course, we had the McCauley goal as well, which was a bit controversial. But uh, Fantasy Premier League did come out and explain that one as well. And we started the story of Siggy, seeing as I'm looking at my team right now, because he's done quite well for me since I brought him in and doesn't have any blanks. So all's looking good. And at the moment, I'm just under 20k. Good work. Looks like the uh, the introduction to a fascinating new novel from you on Siggy. 
Yeah, I've just got the inspiration now. Also, 27th in the Surgery Podcast uh, Classic League. We, we've seen you creeping up there. I have, uh, I've been tracking your progress. And the first piece of nostalgia from the uh, the 50th episode is indeed the He's Due mantra that we've adopted. And uh, and again, over the uh, over the past year, many times people have been slated for using He's Due. But there we go, Alexis Sanchez proving that when someone is due, they are due. <laughs> and you should go for them. 12.30 kickoff or not. Well, um, I got 52 points, so I was just over average. Five points over average, but I've still got red arrows everywhere from that, unfortunately. Sanchez, again, I banked on him. Funes Mori got me six points. But again, you know when you say on a podcast, I'm not going to make the mistake of benching McCauley again, and then you go and get to actually swap him with Van Arnholt. You know when you do that? Yeah. Well, I did that, and yeah. um, there's eight points set on my bench there, so... Uh, <laughs> I actually listened back to the podcast a week before and I specifically <laughs> said I won't be making that mistake again. So, uh, lesson to be learned by everybody. Do your, do your subs early. Get them in. Yeah. But uh, 52, so not, not a desperately bad score, but could have been much better. Let's have a look at the, uh, the Surgery Podcast Mini League, the top 10. In 10th place, uh, we've got Banana Nose Maldonado. Love that name. Matthew Greco. Biggles Wingman, Patrick Houghton in, uh, in ninth place. Eighth place, we've got Costa Gunas of Jack Watson. The Trap Stars, Glenn Moore in seventh. Kunal Roran's RK Mavericks are down to sixth. Ayu Fur Rayal, Mohamed Ismail up to fifth. OK with Yossi G. They've moved back up again into fourth place. No Name Boys of Roger Cabral in third. Anticlante United, Andreas Olanda on 67 points for the week. Has actually tied Dimitar Todorov at the top. So um, Dimitar only getting 50 points that week. So they both have equal scores overall. Hotting up at the top between those two. And so that takes us on to discussing the uh, the games for the upcoming week. Uh, only eight to discuss with a couple postponed due to cup fixtures. Um, one being the Arsenal, who've absolutely slaughtered Sutton United tonight 2-0 and also beating Hull City 2-0 the previous weekend. Where are those Wenger haters now? <laughs> yes, where are they? They're yeah, still can, everywhere. <laughs> we, we can safely say, uh, after those two results, the rumours of a four-year contract for Wenger absolutely justified. So I look forward to four more years of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. um, first of all, though, we've got an eight-game eight coming up on the 25th of February. Uh, we don't have an early kickoff, so no curse to concern yourself with. But the first game we're going to talk about is Chelsea versus Swansea. Um, JNO, you've already started to mention the book of Sigurdsson. Have you got any thoughts on players for this fixture? Well, really, going by the form book, even though Swansea have really started to perform better, I think Chelsea should really be taking this one. So I can't. I can see Siggy still scoring or assisting because he's just that good. Uh, he did it against Man City, even though they lost against Manchester City. But I think it's possible a Chelsea clean sheet because they're so good at getting clean sheets. I personally don't know what players to pick from Chelsea side, though, apart from defenders and maybe Costa, because when Hazard is on, he's electric, but other times you're looking at points from Fabregas, Pedro, Willian, the points are coming from all over the place. So my favourite Chelsea option at the moment is Alonso, because he's Agreed. he's done yeah. really well for me. He's just quite yeah. expensive now, though, isn't he? How much is oh, he I got him when he was cheaper. Yeah, so. Yeah, you're not <laughs> going to get rid of him. I've been sitting on him for a while. Six no. point six point seven. Although he is playing as a left winger, so he may, may as well be a midfielder. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got him in my team earlier in the season when the Iceman was shouting him great price. Probably a season keeper for me as long as he uh, he keeps fit. There were some rumours about him carrying an injury, but that's not really come to fruition. So um, definitely a good shout for this one against the Swansea side with questionable attacking prowess. Um, I just want to mention Sigurdsson then, as, as you talked about him already. Um, just a few stats for him. He is actually the uh, the four midfielder over the last four games in the league, ahead of Sanchez, Sterling, De Bruyne and Morrison of uh, West Bromwich Albion. He's still only 7.5 million. Um, and actually he's done really well under Paul Clement. So he's produced points. In in six of the games he's played under Clement, he's produced points in five of them. So I don't know if that's about the way Clement's working with him. Obviously, all that experience with attacking players at Real Madrid, or it could just be the uh, kind of having a new manager that's worked well for him. But he's actually got 32 points in his most recent recent fixtures from three goals and a couple of assists as well. And obviously, he's got fixtures coming up in the game weeks where where other teams aren't playing. So at the moment, I think he's going to be somebody I'm going to be putting in. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. Have you, have, you, have you not got him in yet? I've, I thought you put him in already, did you not? 
No, I've actually, with Liverpool um, now being an option, I've actually gone for Manly Sadio. Oh, okay. Yeah, my transfer yeah, this week. Yeah. I'm thinking about him, though. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, he's already in my team. I did put him in last week for a minus four, so he got that assist, which just kind of cancelled it out. Just got two for me. But, yeah, going forward, their fixtures are looking good. Playing both game weeks this week and uh, game week 28. Uh, just another quick one on uh, game week 28. I know it sounds like a bit of a broken record now, but we're kind of confirmed for a few games in game week 28. Just let a few of our listeners know. There's going to be a lot, which already know about it but the blanks are now Chelsea versus Watford Chris Wallace versus Tottenham Middlesbrough versus Sunderland Southampton versus Van United and Arsenal versus Leicester are all blanks now so it's just uh, the extra Liverpool versus Burnley game is the game which is now available in game week 28 uh, the Man City Stoke game we don't know yet we need to wait for Man City to beat Huddlesfield uh, to actually um, blank that one but we will find out and uh, yeah, we'll let you know next pod anyway so that's a quick brief on um, all those twenty eight uh, game week 28 games so it makes Liverpool available so they've become a great option now but going to going back to this game I do think Costa if you've got him he's definitely a captain option here with Leicester conceding 54 goals this season which is the most out of any team yeah, I know they've become stronger under Clement but I can still see a strong Chelsea team just ripping them a new one really they have got a good back line though Swansea after this game there are a few options from Leicester with Olsen Norton Alfie Mawson I don't know if you saw that volley what a goal that was last week no one was saving that he's only 4.5 and no defenders actually scored more Premier League goals in 2017 than Mawson because he's level with uh, Alonso Olsen though he actually plays a little bit in midfield I think so I think they do have some room for movement there moving Olsen forward and also Carroll look quite good but I wouldn't say these are players which you know you want to play against a strong Chelsea team they don't seem to be faltering at the moment with Costa scoring in the FA Cup ended his run of 413 minutes without a goal although if you're wondering why he doesn't get bonus points I did see that he was third overall for bad touches on Opta stats with 67 this season so maybe one to think about I bet people who have got Hazard though I bet they can't wait for this game I do think again he is another captain option um, I'm definitely thinking about that one yeah exactly he could get a few points here I mean like Swansea are improving but I, I just can't see him keeping Chelsea out they're just too strong for me but like JNO said I think the points are so spread for Chelsea that it's just you can't really nail someone on for a massive haul yeah Jano any other thoughts on this fixture well to be honest I'm surprised you didn't mention the team that Sigurdsson didn't score against which was Arsenal <laughs> that's what I was waiting for I was just waiting <laughs> for that comment but, you know we yeah, don't I... like to talk about Arsenal <laughs> on this podcast so you know <laughs> we'll always come back to Arsenal in some way we were sort of baiting you into doing it for us so thank you for that no worries <laughs> here to help Okay, so uh, a few of the uh, the usual suspects there and a few differentials from the Iceman. Let's move along to Chelsea's uh, London rivals, Crystal Palace, taking on Middlesbrough. It's all going a bit horribly wrong for, for Big Sam, isn't it? Uh, Iceman over at Crystal Palace. Yeah, it's not. They, they looked okay against Stoke, though. They just kind of couldn't score. So their their attacking options all, are just all quite the qualities cool. of a relegation threatened side. Yeah, although Dan is top for defenders over the last two game weeks for shots inside the box. I don't know if that kind of uh, sways any managers to get him. I mean, it, you'll he be needs a... to be stopping them. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. That's their problem. He's in the box too much. You will be a brave manager to put any Palace players in. Um, Jano, <laughs> no, I have to agree. Like Scott Dan is always a player that gets chances on goal. Um, you just have to have him at the right time. Last season, there was a certain time when if you had Scott Dan, you would be very happy with yourself. But I cannot see at the moment there being any reason to bring in a Palace player unless Zaha decides to reignite his career and uh, get another book written about him, maybe <laughs> Zaha 2, uh, make a movie out of it as well. But I personally think this is a game where if you have a cheap Middlesbrough defender, it's possible that Middlesbrough may pick up a clean sheet in this game because they can be defensively solid, Middlesbrough. So that being said, the one Middlesbrough defender I've had this entire season was friend, and then he stopped playing for a bit. So I'm personally not touching either side. 
No, I have to agree with that. I mean, I've still got. Um, I put Van Arnholt. I took a punt on Van Arnholt and Benteke a few weeks back, and it's um, it's one of my poorest decisions. I think in, in many a season they've done literally nothing, um, and they've uh, robbed my Macaulay points for the last few weeks. So um, I can't say I would bring in any any players from Palace at the moment. Possibly, like you say, a Middlesbrough defender might be the way to go. Um, Chambers seems to play fairly consistently for them, but uh, I'm not overly fussed by this he, one. He seems to get forward quite a lot, Chambers, as well. And he was on the FPL show. I don't know if anyone watches that, but he, he did say on there he gets forward more. And he's only 4.4, I think. Uh, I'll have to check that. Uh, he has created five chances over the last six as well. So there's some not bad stats for him. Yeah, not not too bad. I think um, all depends on Big Sam's Jekyll and Hyde side, whether they fancy it or not. And at the moment, it's not looking too good. But absolutely, Chambers might be an option here as a cheap differential. Well, let's move on to uh, Everton versus Sunderland then. So I guess the man, in my thinking, and probably on everyone's at the moment, based on recent form, granted didn't do anything in the last game week, but Lukaku here, I think, is a genuine option um, and possibly even a captain option again. They're at home against Sunderland. Um, he's still only 9.9 million I think for his return this season he's looking very very good indeed in terms of top scoring FPL forwards he's, he's due to overtake Zlatan if he scores again this week um, not not in terms of goals but in terms of overall points he's only behind him for the, the whole uh, season by three um, and they've got their next few fixtures they've got a Sunderland, West Brom and Hull so I think keeping Lukaku in for that Garden of Greens a good shout um, Iceman, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, well, I think if you haven't got Lukaku, you've got to be looking to get him in. Uh, he has got a yellow flag on him at the moment, but I don't think that's anything serious. He didn't travel to Dubai, where our old member Lloyd actually went with them. But it, yeah, I think Lukaku's going to be fine coming forward. I think Ben Dinnery's put something up on Twitter just saying that he should be okay to play this game. So yeah, a definite captain option for me because Sunderland they just they look really poor against Southampton. I think they got they got quite lucky against Palace with their four goals. I know it's you know not lucky to get four goals, but in a way it was for them. They played quite well in that first half and then just held them the second half. Uh, although Palace had lots of opportunities, but they just don't seem to be closing down players, just letting them play. And I think Everton are just going to... Lukaku, this is this is the game for him. He's going to be very much in the thick of it. I saw a stat here. Sunderland have spent 1,211 days in the relegation zone in Premier League history, which is more than any other side. So it just shows they're probably going down this season. I can't, you know, I can't see Everton not winning here. Yeah, I'd, I'd really fancy, uh, fancy them for this one. Jay, no, any other to throw in the pot for this one? Well, I'd have to just add that I think if you're just looking to um, solidify your position and stay around the rank you are, uh, Lukaku is the safest captain option. Hmm. I think he's going to be the most picked captain option. So I will probably personally just be taking a safe route on a blank game week and going Lukaku as well. I am looking at that Everton side for an extra player, though, because of the fixtures they've got coming up and because... They have no blanks and they seem to be on form at the moment. So I'm looking if there's any cheap options like Lookman. Other than that, maybe a Everton defender. Uh, with Sunderland, though, if you've got Defoe, he can always pop up with a goal. I think I agree with you on, on Lookman. Though. He's actually had 18 minutes per chance attempted from him since he arrived from Charlton. Although Big Rom was not happy with him because he, he just kept shooting and just not passing to Lukaku when there was a clear chance if he gave it to Lukaku he was going to score. So, yeah, I don't know if that's going to maybe rustle some feathers, the fact that he is in the team and he is just shooting quite a lot. Oh, if they all start going in, that would be great for yeah. uh, anyone that does pick him. Yeah. I think Rob, Rob, Robles is a good option, or Robles, depending on how you want to say it. He has had eight starts, and he's got five clean sheets, only at 4.7. A lot of people are looking to kind of remove someone like Heaton. He could be a good option at the moment, especially with playing this Game Week 26 and Game Week 28. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why are a lot of people trying to remove Heaton? <laughs> when we get to the Burnley game, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your, your justification of why you haven't picked him. Yeah. Okay, so maybe a cheaper Everton player. I mean, the only other thing I would shout is Funes Mori has done quite well over recent weeks, still reasonably priced as a, as a player that um, seems to be favoured by Ronald Koeman. So if you, if you want an Everton defender and don't have him, I think he's a good reasonably priced shout. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he's still a good option. 
Okay. Well, let's give you that chance then, Iceman. We've got Hull versus Burnley, and I'm going to let you start with your uh, condemnation of the, the wonderful and consistent Tom Heater. <laughs> well, Burnley will be a little bit dejected after their FA Cup exit, so their heads might be down. I do think a lot are looking to remove Heaton now, because as we know, Burnley are great at home. With 28 of their 29 points at home alone, Burnley have five fixtures left at home now. The remaining eight fixtures are all away, including the next four, which are all away. So Heaton's better at home. Fingers are pointing that, you know, maybe these next few games he's not going to score much. That's kind of my justification for that. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty solid justification. I was listening to a debate about this on TalkSport earlier in the week and uh, uh, Darren Goff and Adrian Durham were having none of it. They just thought Burnley were absolutely useless on the road and unfortunately there's the uh, the stats to back it. Yeah. Jano, who do you like in this fixture, if any? Tom Heaton, because I can't believe this blasphemy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Go on. <laughs> so he's got, he got, he, got, he got 12 points away against West Ham. He got 11 points away against Man U. So I still think there's points there. And I just love Tom Heaton. I haven't written a book about him yet, but now that I've heard <laughs> this blasphemy, books. I might have to. I, I might I'd be just happy, have to. <laughs> I'd be happy to co-pen a, a, a novel with you on him because he's been a wonderful all season. But you're right. I mean, there could be, I think in terms of the uh, Burnley's potential for scoring isn't great, but certainly in terms of save points, it's uh, they're there to be got, aren't they? Yeah, he he can get save points no matter if he doesn't keep the clean sheet sometimes. And the amount of times I have put him on the bench and then thought, what have I done when I see those points rack up? But it is a good point. I've just looked at the fixtures myself. Four away games, I'm now looking at my other keeper and thinking, does he have the fixtures to cover for that four game weeks of away game it's also quite deceiving because when you look at the the fixture tracker there's a lot of green in there there's a lot of garden green but they're not easy games like i've been siggy will score against him because yeah yeah exactly story of siggy uh defoe's gonna be against him as well and they they those are green fixtures but it's got west ham that score regularly it's got west ham at at home and west brom like they're not easy games they're both uh, rated as a two so yeah it's quite deceiving when you look do look at this uh, fixture difficulty rating i think the thing with the final fixtures though is it just all depends on who's wearing the table by those last two or three game weeks because some teams will be fighting two for nil and some teams by that point will just be looking towards pre-season and their holiday before that. So yeah. I think you never know what could be the case by the time we get that late into the season. But yeah, those four away games do scare me a little bit. So on that then, if we're so anti-Burnley away, do Hull provide any promise going forward? Yeah, I do. I think they do. I think there's a there's a few options from Hull now. They played well against Arsenal, and I do think kind of Arsenal got away with one. Yeah, you know, beating them two 0 They they kind of held us in certain areas, and they were quite attackive. Markovic, he looked good. He created a few for Niasse uh, up front, and I think they linked well up top. Uh, Markovic is actually quite pacey, and he's got good ball control as well and they've got a few good signings there with I was going to say I mean Markovic does look really good player I mean he did well at Liverpool briefly whilst he was there but just his ability to run with the ball and his pace and if you've got him yeah. on FIFA you know he's at 93 pace but uh, <laughs> oh, really? in terms of him I mean Niasse the man that couldn't get near an Everton starting place seems to have uh, be showing what he can do yeah. and, uh, and I do Grzycki. like Ranocchia at the back for them yeah. was that Grzycki as Grzycki well. as well, yeah. So they've the really, really good signings the uh, new managers brought in. So, yeah. And that's what they needed, really. So I think Hull have got a fighting chance now. I'm not going to pick any of their players, but they do have a fighting <laughs> chance. Uh, Maguire as well. Uh, 20 goal attempts since game week 15. Uh, two clean sheets in three. Uh, Robertson gets gets forward a lot. 31 touches in the final third. Although they have conceded the 11th penalty this season, which is the most out of all teams. So they just seem to be... A penalty magnet, so maybe uh, if whoever's uh, taking Burnley's penalties, maybe you should get them in. They do love a late challenge in the box. Right, well, we're skipping the uh, Saints versus Arsenal fixture. That's not happened now because it's a shame because I was hoping to speak about Gabby Adini again, but I can't do that. Just a quick um, one before you move on. I don't know if you saw the Brady free kick. On the previous pod, Chief definitely shouted Brady and uh, what a free kick he scored. So, and I do think they could have beaten Chelsea as well, Burnley. Uh, maybe not quite steer away from him. Ashley Barnes, top four shots on target over the last four game weeks. Um, there are different options from Burnley. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> if, the stat, if the stats say so. If the stats say so. Mm. Um, well, let's move on to Baggies versus Bournemouth then. So in the in the last game week, uh, disappointing result from West Brom. Not for JNO's, well, one of JNO's sides, West Ham United, though. So two all draw there. Actually, we spoke quite a bit about the the lack of form for West Ham. Uh, since they've moved into the new stadium. So, I mean, what did you think on that one, J&O? Sorry, which game were we talking about? We've got Baggies <laughs> the, uh, and West, West Ham. Uh, well, we're talking about West Brom versus Bournemouth, but I was just wondering what your thoughts were ah, on West okay. when they drew with Baggies. <laughs> um, to be honest, I'm quite liking the West Ham side now without Dimitri Payton. Um We may not have been winning every game since we dropped him, but he does actually perform. Uh, the team are actually fighting in games now. And actually look like they could win games, whereas beforehand it just looked really dismal. Um, yeah. I'm liking Lanzini, I'm liking Snodgrass, Carroll if he stays fit, but it's Carroll, so he won't. Uh, so I'm actually liking our chances a lot better now, and I was honestly worrying about being in a relegation battle, but I think we should be all right now for the rest of the season. And uh, now that we've got rid of the uh, snake. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, and a good result against West Brom. So, do you like anyone West Brom versus Bournemouth now? For me, West Brom, I've tried some of their attacking players and I always get tempted in and then they disappoint me. Um, there was the period when Phillips looked really promising. Yeah. There was a period when Rondon looked very promising, uh, Chadley. And I, I went with the Rondon option because I couldn't fit Phillips in at one point, but I did try and bring him in as well. And then I just watched them not do anything on my team for a while. So for me, the best points for that West Brom side are in their defence because of their danger from set pieces. And Foster can come up with clean sheets, although it's been nowhere near as consistent as it has been in previous seasons. The Bournemouth side, they seem to be getting very, very weak defensively. Whereas early on in the season, I was saying that's where your cheap defenders should come from. Um, Stanislas is starting to disappoint me as well. Um, Joshua King is probably the only Bournemouth player yeah. I'd be looking at at the moment. Um, other than that, I don't really see any options from the Bournemouth side. I was just going to add to your Joshua King comment because I had a few notes on him. So he's 5.3 million. He's actually played through a more central role recently with a lack of goals coming from Wilson and uh, a phobie. So he's, he's actually got three goals in his last four starts in that position. Um, and obviously, with them having games in the uh, game week 26 and 28, he's not a bad option. 11 efforts on goal in his last four, and uh, nine actually in the area as well. So the only two players ahead of him for uh, chances in the box are Sanchez and Firmino. Nice stats, mate. Ice Man, do you want to add any to this, uh, this picture? I know you're usually a fan of West Brom, so any, anyone here? Um, well, I mean, if you haven't got McCauley, it just seems to be a goal magnet. All goals from set pieces. Yes, I know. <laughs> Uh, on your bench it, it it did look like Evan's header wasn't going on target so it did just deflect off uh, McCauley's head so I'm, I'm glad he got that goal um, that that was what their the fantasy Premier League show's explanation was yeah. that Evan's header wasn't on target yeah, which is why they gave it to McCauley yeah uh, Neon though looks uh, looks a good shout. He gets forward quite a lot, and he's also quite cheap. Uh, how much is he at the moment? He's he's only four point four Neon, and as as we said, they play both uh, game week twenty six and twenty eight. Although after after those fixtures, their run does look pretty tough with Arsenal, Man United, then uh, Southampton, Liverpool, Man City, Leicester. So. Yeah, not not great run after all that. So you may be wanting to ship out, but for for this period, Bournemouth and Palace next. It's not not a bad couple of fixtures. Yeah, defensively, absolute roadkill those fixtures. But going forward, you, I mean, all of those sides you'd you'd fancy to concede a goal or two. So if you do have an attacking option from um, West Bromwich Albion, the other one to mention is Morrison, who started to show a little bit of form in recent weeks. It feels like the uh, the, the form has moved kind of around Brunt and Phillips, but now yeah. uh, Morrison's been the man for them these last few game weeks. Yeah, and I know everyone's got um, Phillips as well. Maybe it could be a good transfer to someone like Morrison. He's a bit more of a of a gamble, and uh, Phillips with no shots on goal in the last game. Although on average, he was furthest forward out of all the West Brom players. That was including Rondon in the last game. So Morrison as well is actually the fifth... Um, best performing midfielder in the last five games behind Siggy Sanchez, Sterling and De Bruyne. So he's he's kind of crept up in the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, no, he does look he does look pretty promising actually. 
Um, although going going back to Bournemouth, they're just in relegation form, aren't they? They're, it's just yeah. not looking good for them. The defence got decimated. They had loads of players out, and now it's kind of all over the place. Don't know if Francis is going to play. He's in my team. I'm going to gamble that he is going to play and and try and start him, even though I can see West Brom scoring in this game. Uh, a lot of people are worried about Stanislas. I know. Have you got rid, Jano? Has he gone for me now? <laughs> He's he's still sitting there, but that's purely because I had to get people out that wouldn't be playing in the blank game weeks. Yeah. Otherwise, he probably would be gone. I've decided that my current midfield is too iffy between the two cheaper midfielders that I've got, Joe Allen and Stanislas. I always struggle with which one I should be playing. And a lot of times I look at the one on the bench scoring points and the one <laughs> on the pitch isn't. That's harsh. Um, so I'm thinking I might just go with a cheap fifth midfielder that I know always plays but isn't much of a goal for it Darren Fletcher was that for me at the beginning of the season when money was a bit tighter as far as picking your team so I might go back to that and then just see if I can improve on the uh, fourth midfielder and just play a four man midfield. Yeah that's probably a good little strategy to use but I, I, you know, if if you've got a free transfer, I would probably suggest removing a Stanislav. But if you haven't, then obviously you've got more pressing things elsewhere. But I would bear in mind that he could probably start this game. Like Bournemouth haven't been doing very well the last few games, and Stanislav has been benched. Maybe that's a coincidence. I don't know. Maybe Howe's going to change it up and put him back in the team, and uh, maybe he's going to score this game. It'll be. Why would you say that if to he me? Does. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> They got some tough. I'm just going to put Stanislas question mark here for my uh, my review afterwards. Yeah, I wouldn't bring him in. I wouldn't bring him in. But if you if oh, you've no, got him, I would. Bring uh, him in. Yeah, if you've got him, I would probably. If you've got free chance to get rid of him, but if you haven't, I would hold. Okay, Iceman's keeping the faith. Watford versus West Ham. Then, so we've got a uh, an all W all London fixture at five thirty on Saturday the twenty fifth. Jay, I know as this is one of your sides, I'm going to let you lead us off on this. Who do you like in this one? Well, spoiler alert. Because on my video, I suggest Lanzini is your differential. <laughs> uh, so that would be the player I would look to bring in, although there are other options, of course, like Snodgrass. I think he wants to prove himself at another club because until recently, he's kind of just been a whole city man. Um, so I think he's hungry. I think Carroll is a great option, like I said earlier. I personally still don't like the West Ham defence, so I wouldn't be looking at any of their defenders. But I think going forward as an attacking unit, they're a lot better now that uh, they've got rid of Payet and Lanzini would be my choice because I feel like he's going to be that creative player that is involved in a lot of the goals. At least that's what I'm hoping for if I do transfer him in. He seems to shoot on sight, doesn't he, Lanzini? So did Payet. Yeah, and it worked for one season. (laughs) He scores. He he scored a great goal, and uh, I think he hit the post in the last game as well. Yeah, I think someone like that, if he's on form, he could be scoring a lot of points. Uh, but he does get pop up with some assists as well. So I'm hoping both the goal threat and the assists uh, should get him some points going into the end of the season. Are you not? Are you not looking at um, West Ham's top goal scorer? <sighs> no, because I'm worried that if I pick him, he'll stop scoring. <laughs> Uh, Antonio with eight goals and six assists so far. He, he's he's another one. I I watch him do really well until I put him in my side. Yeah, he, so, he did start. He's starting up front in the last game, wasn't he? Yeah, I if I start putting him in my FPL side, West Ham might start <laughs> losing again. And uh, so I much could, superstition. I in could FPL. regret. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. Reckons, there are certain but... players I re- I very reluctantly uh, put into my side. Lukaku being one, but I can't ignore it. So warning for everyone, I put him in my side now. So if everything goes to how it goes previously, Lukaku will either get injured or stop scoring because that's what happens to Coutinho when I put him in. <laughs> Same old. It's, uh, some, someone in FPL has got this kind of superstition <laughs> that it always happens to them, doesn't it? Well, I put Antonio. I'm that guy. In, I, I put Antonio in my team, and I can see him getting on the end of a load of Snodgrass deliveries. He was the furthest forward in the last game. Granted, he, he played up front, and he has got the highest amount of shots on goal for West Ham so far this season. So I think he is going to be a great option at seven million. I can see him scoring a load of points coming up. I know he hasn't been performing recently but he's just one of these players you, you just know that can get a goal yeah I think he looks decent that's a nice shout I mean Antonio was going to be my one as well 
Um, I don't really have too much to offer from Watford, to be honest. No, Watford, uh, they're not really uh, flying at the moment. They they could have lost more to United as well. United's kind of all over them. Zarate on free kicks. Don't know if anyone's noticed that one. But Nyang went a bit quiet in the last game as well. He certainly did. I mean, he he in terms of statistically, he performed pretty well, but just wasn't the uh, the final product. And um, I still don't look at him though. I'll be keeping my eye on him over the next few weeks. And actually, if Watford weren't scrubbed out for game week twenty eight, I'd consider that as a as a cheap differential. We did have um, a message from Woodsy. Actually, he did say he is looking at cleverly. <clears throat> what do you guys reckon on uh, cleverly? He's He's saying, can we discuss him uh, as Watford's fixtures do look tasty and he is torn between Capoue and Cleverly or who else for six million? So what do you reckon of Cleverly, Jano? What's your opinion on him? I mean, the way I look at Cleverly is the way I'm looking across the whole of Watford's team at the moment. I don't have the confidence in them as a unit to be giving Cleverly enough chances for him to be scoring a lot uh, FPL-wise. So, for me, there's nothing from that Watford side that would interest me yet. Um, I do think Cleverly is the type of player that if he's in a side that are doing well, he will pop up with goals and assists, though. You know what the Premier League's like. In two game weeks, Watford could be the new hottest thing that everyone's talking about in FPL. So, I would definitely keep an eye on him. Kapuwe also can, as he showed earlier in the season, um, when he's given the chance to roam forward, actually get goals. So I'll definitely keep watching that Watford side. And if something changes, then potentially. But for me, I wouldn't go for a Watford player right now. No, and I think probably Woodsy's best option would be Snodgrass at 5.8 if he's got six million to spend. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so a few to mention from this one. Um, Tottenham versus Stoke and the one thirty game on Sunday. Our Super Sunday, which was going to be Man City versus Man United, has been ruined by the cup fixtures. So just the one game for us all that day. Iceman, first of all, as I know you love Tottenham. Who do you fancy in this one? <laughs> um, well, Rose missing is a big miss, although he could be back sooner than expected. Um, Ali has definitely been affected the most by their change of formation because they went from a... Uh, a five at the back to to four. That's kind of changed things for for Ali altogether, and I think it has made Kane go a bit quiet. I know he got a hat trick in the last FA Cup game, but in the Premier League, it just seems to be a bit quiet. I do think as soon as uh, someone's in goal scoring form, I think they're going to continue into the Premier League. I do think Kane's still a good shout here. He is again another captain option against Stoke. If they do play what they can play, I think they can get a few goals in. I think Kane could probably benefit. I, I agree. I think uh, I think Kane's definitely a captain option here. Very much a, a player that once he gets on a hot streak, he doesn't stop. And he's been pretty consistent this season. And that, you know, another three in the FA Cup. So I, I'd see him as a uh, captain's choice here. Um, but we'll discuss that more in captain's choice. Yeah, they they did play a very high line against Liverpool, Tottenham, and it just didn't work because of Mane, who's lightning. But as I, as I mentioned last week, whenever Son plays, Kane just doesn't get that many chances at all. So I'm kind of hoping Son doesn't play because Kane is in my team. So I do I do need him to score a few goals for me. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Jano, any thoughts? My problem with the Tottenham side is I, I like players that are clearly the main threat for their team. And I, while I believe Kane is that main threat, like has been said already, Son does affect that. And a lot of the Tottenham players go through phases, a bit like the Liverpool midfield has done this season, where... You could be sitting with one Liverpool or Tottenham player and be watching another one get all the points or another two be getting all the points while you've got the one that isn't. Uh, Whereas like with Tottenham's defence, the likes of Walker and Rose, you're confident that they'll one get potentially get those clean sheets, but two can also pop up with assists. Um, That being said, I still have Ericsson and Walker, but Ericsson's gone a bit quiet. So most of my points are coming from Walker. Uh, so I would say if you've got Kane, he's definitely a good captain choice. Other than that, I don't have enough confidence in picking the right Tottenham player. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit spread around, isn't it, at the moment, rather than when they went on that hot streak about a month ago. Um, any, any joy or any um, any joy to be had from Stoke? Open no, question. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. If you've got <laughs> Alan, maybe yeah, you can probably hold on to him, but I don't think he's getting much from this game. No, I'd have to agree. I don't see much for Stoke in this game. Okay, we're thinking Tottenham for this one. 
Final fixture of the game week then, chaps, takes us over to Monday Night Football, Leicester versus Liverpool. Now, Iceman, you um, you mentioned earlier we'd had a few questions around uh, around Liverpool specifically, and there was a stat that came up on Twitter thanks to Fancy Football Fix about the ownership currently for the really the big three in the Liverpool side. So in terms of you've got Mane, Coutinho and Firmino, because I think now that Liverpool are an option for game weeks 26 and 28, a lot of people might be thinking about even doubling up on them in midfield. I might be controversial in saying that, but at the moment, Firmino is owned by 10.6% of managers, Coutinho 8.9%, and then Mane 5.1%. Although I do wonder if that's as a result of him being um, taken out for the time he was at AFCON and now coming back. Interesting to see that the the tide is more with Firmino at the moment. Jano, where do you stand on the, the, the Liverpool kind of magic trio? Okay, this could be where I don't get invited on again because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm not saying this is a prediction but I'm saying it's possible that this could happen Liverpool as far as I can see are the type of side that mess this game up and oh, yeah. everyone is looking at Liverpool players right now because they're not blanking in that uh, game week 28 Mane would be the one that I would go with because I think he's the most consistent at the moment but Leicester beat Man City when they were on a bad run of form kind of turned up out of nowhere and then went back on their bad run and Liverpool have managed to lose to Swansea I think they drew with Sunderland and then they lost to someone else Hull I think so they seem to be throwing away games that they should be getting points in and I know that if I had a Liverpool player I think I had Lallana for some of those fixtures I was furious when Liverpool were seemingly not turning up to these games against smaller clubs so it wouldn't surprise me if Leicester managed to get something out of this game and the Liverpool players let people down. Yeah, I totally disagree. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> I said it was out there. I'll, I say I'll out explain there. why. Um, well, Leicester, they they just look so down at the moment. That nothing seems to be going right for them at all. You could even see on the sideline in the last game against Millwall where they lost 1-0. Ranieri was shouting at Mares to press the opposition and he just kind of stood there like he's a, a big name player and Leicester are going to be so tired because they've got the FA Cup game then they've got the Champions League game where they play tomorrow and Liverpool have had two weeks to prepare so they're going to be ready for this game Mane is just yeah you know, he's he's lightning fast he's going to tear them apart and against well at least you agree with my Mane pick though. yeah <laughs> against a weaker left back he's going to dominate he's been directly involved in more Premier League goals than any other Liverpool player this season with eleven goals and four assists uh, we did have a, a question from Twitter from the FPL general past guest on here he did say for those considering a Liverpool midfielder Mane Coutinho or Firmino so I thought I'd have a look and based on the stat I took a look at over the past two game weeks because that's when they've been back all together and Coutinho looks to get more of the ball even though he's played slightly less minutes he gets more attempts on goal out of the three and is equal for chances created with Mane on four also takes corners and free kicks so it heightens his chance of assisting Mane being the player he is he has the most dribbles and successful take-ons and obviously the most goals from five shots on target although second to continue on attempts on goal but he does have better shot accuracy Firmino isn't top for any of the actual crucial stats for FPL points but it's more than likely in FPL when you're in the box you get more points and you would score and of course Firmino playing up top he's had the most touches inside the box they all are really far forward if you look at the average heat map for every game so yeah each one of them are still going to be good options Coutinho he's at 8.2 Firmino at 8.4 Mane at 8.3 but the way I look at it it's who's in form and it's Mane who's got the highest potential for returns for example able to get a hat-trick it's Mane Firmino is quite close to that you know he's able to get one but I'd say there's more of a chance of Mane getting a hat-trick than Firmino and uh, who went into my team Saturday night when I realised Liverpool were playing Burnley in game week 28 it's Mane so out of the three I would choose Mane but I would still give a good shout to the other two as well there's still high potential of points so can I have both uh, two midfielders? 
another pull. Because <laughs> well, I've got. No, listen, you have I've two got, transfers, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I have two transfers, genuinely, and uh, I could either go one of one of three ways. Really, I could go for an Antonio from West Brom. I could go for a Siggy. Or I could double up on Liverpool midfield. Yeah, I think it, it could be a good option. Then they're all they're out of all the cups, so this is what they're concentrating on. They haven't even got Europe to rely on, so they're going to be really pushing for the Premiership. I do think that they're going to have a massive resurgence now uh, because obviously they went through their dip at the start of the year, and actually Lincoln has as many um, wins over a Premier League team than Liverpool does in 2017, which is quite a funny stat. But there are people looking at doubling up on Liverpool midfield. We had another question from Darren Hanmer. He's actually put... uh, He's got a rank of about 3k. Do you think it's time to double... Double back up on the Liverpool midfielders. He's got uh, Bobby Firmino. What about Mane? I think, yeah, why not? It's uh, it's not a bad option. Obviously, JNO is going to disagree, but I'm I'm all for it. I think they're they're quite a good option at the moment. I just want to make it clear. I did say it wasn't a prediction, so I'm not putting <laughs> money on it. But I'm just saying Liverpool are the type of side that push forward. Leicester I last season and against Man City. <laughs> Good on we're the gonna, counter. Yeah. We're going to so, have to have. Um, oh, sorry. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll put money on it. And if, if if it comes through, I'll uh, let you guys know how much I made. Oh, nice. If nice. it doesn't come through, you won't hear from me for about a couple. Of weeks. <laughs> this is a this is like social media drama. It's going to be like a YouTube video explaining the uh, the beef between you and the ice man over this. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. I mean, my um, my relationship with Coutinho is similar to yours, J and O, with Lukaku. It just, I just cannot get it right. So I might just save myself the anguish and go for Firmino instead. But uh, we'll see what happens over the next seven days. We did have, um, sorry, we did have another couple of other questions. I don't want. I just want to shout out the names who's actually messaged us on Twitter. We had As from FF Scout, uh, who was on a guest, and he's he's asking is Liverpool midfielder a must and uh, Kevin Sears is always asking I think the question is which Liverpool midfielder should now be brought in so a lot of people are looking at Liverpool at the moment for their midfield obviously not many are looking at their defence because they're quite weak but I would give a a quiet shout out to Matip he he is a strong defender and he is keeping Liverpool a lot more solid at the back no 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 he does get on the end of he does get on the end of free kicks and corners so yeah, maybe if you're looking for a total out of the box punt, Matip is uh, a potential. <laughs> I don't think we could ever disagree on a game more. <laughs> Liverpool defenders, I'm not touching with a barge pole, well, even against Leicester. Well, yeah, I was going to say Leicester. They haven't scored a goal this year. This will be the one where they score five or something. That's, that's right? ten, it's Liverpool. Ten hours Lovren, without scoring. Lovren will somehow score an own goal. Something will happen. It's <laughs> Liverpool. No, no team in the top four four tiers have won fewer points in 2017 than Leicester. But they scored four against Man City. <laughs> I've got other things to say, but I can't quite think of them. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've probably caught you so off guard <laughs> the fact that I think Leicester could win. Yeah, but yeah, I can understand you why you're speechless. You have, yeah. Oh wow! Okay, so we've got, <laughs> we have a division in the. What a fantastic way to finish our fixtures for the uh, for the game week! Completely undecided. I think the only thing I heard there with any consistency was Sadio Mane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you to agree. Fantastic. We do, we do. Right, that brings us to the end of our fixtures. So, chaps, um, I'm going to ask you for a captain's choice. Is that time, Pete. All oh, right, we can't do that yet because the Iceman, um, although he went to the toilet before he began the podcast, uh, needs to go again. Yeah, all right, see a bit. Off it's because he's nervous about Leicester winning. <laughs> <laughs> Right, chaps, on to the business end of things. Captains, J&O, as the guest, you get the honour of choosing first. Who's your captain's choice for the week? Robert Hoof. <laughs> no, no way. Well, um, uh, it, it'd be Romelu Lukaku, because I just, if I've got to play it safe this game week, I think. Yeah. And I'm only going to have my bench, which I think we should get onto in our, one of the uh, Twitter questions later on. Uh, does have two players on it that won't be playing, so I need 
to feel confident in my captain. And I think Lukaku is the best choice. I think most polls that I've seen, he's the leading choice uh, just before the likes of Hazard and Costa. So I'm going Lukaku. And then I would say if you have faith in Hazard or Costa and you've got them, maybe go with them. But I'm definitely going uh, with the safe choice of Romelu Lukaku. Lukaku for you. Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to come in with my one next because I'm actually looking at this week and with the the lack of I suppose agreement over Hazard, I'm seeing this as a bit of an opportunity. As a, I guess he's second in the polls, but I still see him as a differential captain because he's. I definitely don't think he's the first one on everyone's lips each week. But I'm really looking at him against Swansea this week. Not everybody's got him and believing in him, but I think if he can have a big game week against Swansea. That, that could really move you up a mini-league or get you up some placings if he comes good. So I might... No, let's say it now. I'm going to put my hat on Hazard this week. Do it, Ball. Yeah, I think it's a great... If I had Hazard, I would probably captain him. So who do you fancy then? <clears throat> well, I, I do think I've kind of got three options. One in Kane uh, at home to Stoke. Just got scored a hat-trick. It's going to be a viable, viable option. Mane away to Leicester. <laughs> He's going to get loads of goals, Jano. Mm. Um, uh, Lukaku yeah, at home to Sunderland. So uh, I think it is going to be Lukaku. I'm just going to play safe as well. You know, I'm quite... High up, I kind of want to keep my position. I've uh, I've just transferred out Sanchez for Mane, so I'm trying to keep things, making sure I'm playing with the group as well. I mean, like Mane's going to be quite a popular choice for people to bring in. I think he's uh, one of the highest transferred in. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think he is. He's, he's, he's oh, one of the highest choice with uh, 174,000 people bringing him in. So that's the highest out of the midfielders. J- so just coming... looking. Oh, sorry, go. On. So I'm kind of keeping to uh, the tradition which everyone else is, although I did want him in myself because I watched him play. I just thought it was awesome in the last game. Yeah, I think it's a good shout. So we've got um, we've got a bit of a split there in terms of captain's choice. And just to sum all of this nonsense up for you, let me run through the summary. So we've got Chelsea versus Swansea. We, uh, we named Costa, Alonso and Hazard, the usual suspects for this one. A lot of love for Alonso this week. Siggy is looking a decent option moving forward for the next few game weeks based on form and also the fact he's playing in all of them. And the Iceman shouted Mawson is a potential differential option. Palace against Middlesbrough didn't particularly excite us that much this fixture, but Chambers might be a good cheap option uh, defensively for uh, Middlesbrough with us seeing Palace is quite unpredictable at the moment. Everton versus Sunderland, liking the look of the home team here. Lukaku is going to be the obvious shout. The question is if you make him captain or not. And Funes Mori is a cheap option at the back uh, with the ongoing uh, quality fixtures that they've got. Defoe, JNO's feeling keep him if you've got him and play him. He always seems to pop up with a goal here and there. Um, case in point in the last week when they won 4-0. Sorry, the, the week before when he'd scored a couple in that fixture. Um, Hull versus Burnley. So Heaton, um, bit of a division on the pod. Uh, two of us still loving Heaton. The Iceman, not so much with the amount of away fixtures they've got. Robertson and Maguire looking good options, cheap for Hull at the moment with their improving form and new signings. West Bromwich Albion versus Bournemouth. We like the look of King um, with his recent sort of central role up front. And uh, and Stanislas, don't bring him in, but if you've got him, keep, keep the man, Iceman would say. Uh, and in terms of uh, West Bromwich Albion, we like the look of Nyom going forward and we're thinking the form has moved to Morrison in their attacking gains. Watford versus West Ham, we like the look of Antonio and Lanzini. Also Snodgrass, now that Payet's gone, you could pick any one of that front three and we think you'll get good returns against a Watford side that we're not so confident in. Spurs versus Stoke, well, Harry Kane is definitely a captain option for this one, but we're not so... Um, excited about the attacking threat of Ericsson and Ali at the moment. The points seem a little bit spread there. Stoke, the Iceman says, keep Allen if you've got him, but otherwise steer clear. And then we got into an interesting debate, Leicester versus Liverpool. If you've just literally skipped to this section and you haven't listened to any of the other games, go back to that one. Uh, <laughs> makes for good listening. Um, we're all agreed that Sadio Mane is the man of the moment. The question is whether you double up on Liverpool midfielders. Nice sum up, but What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Buller, I know, Bullying, um, I meant to say. From uh, from one slip to another, Iceman social media. Social media, yep, had a load again. I've had to reduce it down a bit. I'm sorry, guys, if I've missed your question. Um, Alex Ball, he is asking from uh, at Alex Waterbaby, saying when's best to wildcard, assuming double game weeks are 34 and 37. 
When do you reckon's the best time to wildcard JNA? See, I think it all depends on when these fixtures get moved to and what you're trying to achieve. Um, it's going to be subjective on who you think are the players that are going to score big in which game week and how many of those are going to be have to brought in by transfers. I'd say game week 37 is the one where you could get a really big explosive score because uh, it's so near the end of the season, but you could also get it very wrong. So if you're really looking to catch up in a mini league or um, have a big push at the end, I'd say game week 37 for the wild card is a good shout. But I think it's easier to predict the players that will do well in the first double game week. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with that because there's going to be more to play for at that point. It's probably going to be quite a lot gone. Chelsea might have won the season by game week 37, so there might not be as much to play for. As we also had Rob Fry asking, is there any merit, uh, is it a crazy idea, wildcarding out of game week 28 if you know that who will be playing in doubles later? That that might be a good idea, but it just depends when those fixtures come out. I mean, there's a lot of preparation going into your thinking with having those blanks at the moment, and then obviously when those fixtures do come out, it's going to be all go, and everyone's going to be the wild carding. Then we also had Mike Hutchins asking, uh, "Jesus out now for most of the season. Is it time to wild card to get in Aguero and Siggy?" So, what do we reckon about Aguero, Billy? What's your thoughts? I wouldn't wild cards again in right now. Definitely not. No, I'd be saving that. As a man who's um, suffered with this last season and not saving his wild card, I'm very much pro saving it for those double game weeks so you can predict two weeks in advance. Do you rush in Sergio Aguero? Well, I'd get past the game weeks 26 to 28 first of all, where he's not going to be playing for one of those fixtures. After that, though, um, you know, he played the other day. He did come on and score. He is a world-class player. I think if he's fit, then he might well be an option for the run-in. Yeah, Jenny? I think the general consensus among all FPL players is that this whole concept of someone being essential, and I think a lot of players at certain points have been looked at that way, and I think Aguero is the one that had it for the longest. Uh, he was deemed essential for a lot of seasons, I think this season has shown that you don't have to jump on that so quickly, especially with other striker options available. So I wouldn't wildcard just to bring in Aguero. But if you have a strategy for your wildcard, and when you're playing that wildcard, Aguero looks like a good option, then definitely he's worth consideration. Yeah, it's a tough one with, with Pep and his rotation. Uh, I had Aguero for a bit, and then obviously Jesus took his place. Um but who knows, Aguero might be the main player to have in those double game weeks. It just depends when they come out, really. I wouldn't get him in now, as Bully said. Probably not a good option you know, with these blanks coming up. Um, we also had a big kind of question overall of remove Ibra or Alexis because they're they're blanking in two game weeks now. They had Az from FF Scout Az. They said, should we sell Sanchez, Ibra or both? Uh, Darren Hammer is actually asking... <laughs> who to ditch, whether Ebro or Alexis. And we also had... Oh, no, that was it. Um, so, yeah, those two are kind of worried about that. What do you guys reckon? Jane, you got any um, points to bring up on this one? I am going to literally say one thing and then admit that I'm doing completely the opposite. <laughs> I generally would suggest to anyone that watches my show and anyone that um, is listening now that if you have a better option in mind that doesn't blank then go for it and transfer them out what i am doing is i'm keeping them assuming everyone is going to do that and then i will have them in game week 27 when most people won't and i doubt people can afford to transfer them both in after game week 28 and arsenal and man united's fixtures do not look that bad going into the end of the season and if Either of them get big points and I captain them at the right place. That could really boost my season. So I'm playing it assuming a lot of people are going to do one thing and hope that this gamble pushes me even further up the ranking. Mm, dangerous. Billy, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'd probably say one of them. And the one I would take out still for the time being is Sanchez. And the reason I say that is because if you look at the teams that are actually playing game week 28, a lot of people already have Lukaku. Um, 
So if you have him, there aren't that many other top... I mean, tell me if I could be very wrong here, but I don't think there's that many other top striking options to swap for Zlatan if you've already got Lukaku, if you've got that in mind. So for me, if I'm going to take anyone out, it would be Sanchez, and then you have the option of enhancing your midfielder with Amane, with a Siggy, um, with you know a Coutinho as well, or a Firmino. So I'd probably just say the one, and that would be Sanchez. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean, you look at Alexis, who he's got. So he's blanking this game. Then he's got Liverpool, which I kind of think they are improving. No cup competitions, no European form. So I think, and they always play well against the top teams. Then he's got another blank. So you're effectively, you know, you're getting no points for a few weeks there. Ibrahimovic is going to be a captain option in game week 27, having Bournemouth. So he's, I think my captain's almost nailed on him already. And you look at the amount of chances Man United create and the amount of chances he actually creates. He's actually highest for chances created out of strikers and for shots on target out of strikers. So uh, 36 goals in all competition, that's the highest out of any Premier League player. I just think he's worth keeping more than Sanchez, like you say. Uh, I am looking already, I've already removed Sanchez for Mane, but I'm already trying to work out how to bring back in Sanchez. But I think for these next three game weeks, you need to kind of have as much money as possible in other players and then kind of worm your way back in to, to bring Sanchez back in because I think he's going to drop a, another one at least uh, over the next couple of weeks so if, you, if you're looking to hold on to that price you know, he is going to be dropping as well so kind of keep in mind of that but yeah that's kind of my thinking on that I do think that uh, Ibrahimovic is probably a season keeper for me now If I could just add something to that yep. uh, don't forget price management with Sanchez if you've had Sanchez from the beginning and you sell him now at his current price you are not going to get the price that you he's currently valued at if he drops enough that won't matter to you if he doesn't drop enough you could find yourself in game week 29 not being able to bring him back in so just keep an eye on I think he'll probably will drop enough because I think a lot of people are going to transfer him out yeah. uh, leading into this game week now that Arsenal have gone through to the next round of the FA Cup. But that is just something to consider when you're thinking about it. Yeah, all good uh, All good considerations there. Right, we've got a few more Twitter, question, uh, qu- Twitter questions. Uh, Matt uh, at FPL Piglet is saying, quick two questions for the pod. One, spread the risk and play Heaton over Foster or play... F- both Foster and Brunt. Uh, I've got that conundrum as well. I'm going for, cause just because they're away, so I'm going to go for Foster in goal for this one. Okay. What do you reckon, Jenny? I'm going to spread the risk. Oh, okay. Ooh. So you're playing Heaton? I'm, I'm hoping for a, a Heaton masterclass because uh, I think he's due. Wrong, I think he's due. You're proving me wrong. <laughs> now, now, now I've said I think he's due, he probably won't come in. I got it right with Sanchez. Yeah. So. Hopefully I'll get it right with Heaton. Yeah, you also had another question. Get out Jesus for Carroll for a minus eight or wait for a free transfer? Uh, depends on his other strikers are and what the midfield looks like. If you've got four decent midfielders and someone who can come up with a clean sheet maybe, then I'd probably do that and save it for a week because another four seems quite a lot. And again, if you do bring a striker in, the question is because th- there isn't really a brilliant striker in that bracket for uh, for Jesus. Uh, playing in game week 28, so I would pro- probably see if you can do a 3 5 2. Yeah. Uh, same, uh, what do you reckon, Jamie? I think Carroll would only be a, a punt if you are trying to get some points that other people aren't getting. I don't think it's a secure enough option to be going for Carroll. I'd suggest probably a 3 5 2. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. There's no point in taking a, a minus four for someone who actually might not even play let alone might not even score so uh, yeah I would uh, I would leave that one we also had Shaz at Hell Shaz is saying who do you think is a better shout between Markovic and Ndai uh, Mawson and Olsen Niasse and Andy Carroll uh, personally with the first choice of Ndai and Markovic um, while I think they're both players we should keep an eye on for potentially being someone we put in I think it's a bit too early to be jumping on either one of those um, as far as Mawson and Olsen, um, Olsen's the one I was excited about when I heard about his transfer to Swansea. Um, with Mawson, I think it's a bit of a flash in the pan, so I would say Olsen. 
And then with Carroll and Niasse, I'd say I trust Carroll's scoring pedigree more because Niasse couldn't get near that Everton side. So I'd definitely probably go Carroll out of those two. Yeah, and Bully, what do you reckon? I would, I'd agree, apart from I'd punt on Niasse at this point um, as I think he's got equal chance of scoring as well as the great Andy. I think I agree with uh, JNO there, Bully. Sorry, mate. That's fine. Well, that's well, the, we uh, agree. <laughs> yeah, we. And that's We're the not end, here to agree. End of uh, end of Twitter, Billy. So thanks for your questions, guys. We appreciate them. Uh, keep them coming each week. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for all your questions once again. And that brings us to the end of the fiftieth instalment of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Uh, just want to say thank you to the listeners for all your support over the uh, the fifty episodes. We're averaging now. Well, is it over a thousand a week, Iceman? Yeah, over a thousand a week. Yeah. And actually, when we started off, we had no idea how things were going to go. So we're really happy that, you know, a lot of you are tuning in weekly and uh, we're getting some nice feedback on social media. So thank you for that. As usual, any suggestions you can send to us and let me tell you how. Um, First of all, you can log on to our website, www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook, so facebook.com forward slash fantasyfootballsurgery. You can listen to us on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. Tweet us at ff underscore surgery and send us your questions on there. A lot of our activity goes on. Look out for us on Reddit, and if you uh, if you like the pod, give us a, 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 a what's it called, Iceman? It's not a like, is it? It's, uh, it's, it's uh, up. I'm not sure what up. it is. Give us an up. <laughs> up, up, the pod. Up, up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod for us. Yeah, up the pod. Um, you can contact us via email ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com and finally you can join our fancy football surgery mini league on 176036718 so we just want to say thank you to jno once again for joining us um do you want to just plug your uh, your youtube channel again yep if you go onto youtube and type in jno united uh, that is my now FPL solely based channel. So should be about two or three FPL videos every week. And yeah, come subscribe and join the conversation in the comments. Fantastic. So thanks for joining us again. And uh, Iceman. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks for coming on, JNO. Good luck in your game week, listeners. Yeah, good luck to Leicester as well. <laughs> <laughs> and for the 50th time, thanks for listening, everybody. Up the podcast. Hawaii. Hawaii. Good stuff, chaps. Yeah, nice uh, mixture of opinion there, but a controversy as well. That's perfect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what, what your if your bet comes in, Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what people say when they hear I said Leicester. <laughs> I think Rob, Rob, Rob Robles is a good option, or Rob Les, depending on how you want to say it. I think Robles is a good option, or depending on how you want to say it. Depending on how you want to say it. I think Robles is a good option, or Robles, depending on how you want to say it. Whoa, 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 whoa